The Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, Episode 35. In the last episode of the Polynesian Paralysis Podcast, we looked at the Lonely Planet Travel Guide to Western and American Samoa, written by Deanna Sweeney in 1994. In this travel guide, the author mentions Polynesian paralysis three times to describe the relaxed lifestyle in these islands in the South Pacific, and how almost everyone can end up spending too much time relaxing and enjoying life in the tropical paradise. The only cure, according to the author, is to return to the stressed-out industrial country with a massive dose of noise, work, traffic, and television. Today we return back to Hawaii and review an article written by Robert C. Smith that appeared in the November 1995 issue of the Hawaii Medical Journal. In 1856, ten physicians in Honolulu asked King Kamehameha IV to form a society in Honolulu for the encouragement and cultivation of medical science, devoted to the collection and diffusion of medical knowledge the advancement of interest and usefulness of the medical profession, and the cultivation of harmony and good feelings among its members. The King of Hawaii approved, and the Hawaiian Medical Society was formed on July 19, 1856. In 1890, another group of Honolulu doctors met to revise the organization, and the name was changed to the Medical Association of Hawaii, which would later become the present-day Hawaii Medical Association. In 1941, the Hawaiian Medical Journal was founded and published by the Hawaiian Medical Association. In 2009, the Hawaii Medical Journal was transferred to the University Clinical Educational Research Associates, or UCERA, which is now known as the University Health Partners in Hawaii and associated with the John A. Burns School of Medicine in Honolulu. The Hawaii Medical Journal then merged with the Hawaii Journal of Public Health in 2012 and is now known as the Hawaii Journal of Medicine and Public Health. So, when the article by Mr. Smith was written in 1995 for the Hawaiian Medical Journal, it was a monthly peer-reviewed medical journal with the goal of providing new, scientific information in a scholarly manner with a focus on the unique multicultural and environmental aspects of the Hawaiian Islands and Pacific Rim region. Robert C. Smith was born in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1922. He received both a B.A. and M.A. in sociology from the University of Cincinnati. At the University of Michigan, he undertook additional graduate studies specializing in statistics and demography. He moved to Hawaii in 1947 to serve as a research statistician for the Public Health Committee of the Chamber of Commerce of Honolulu. He was designated state statistician in 1963 by Governor John A. Burns and continued in that position until his retirement in 1992. He is the author or co-author of four books and more than 200 articles and numerous government reports. Eighteen of his articles, including this one, have appeared in the Hawaii Medical Journal. The article in the November 1995 issue of the Hawaii Medical Journal is titled, Medical Progress in a Remote Archipelago. 
The article explores how long it took for technological discoveries to arrive in Hawaii. Schmidt explores five major innovations. Vaccinations, anesthesia, antiseptic and aseptic surgery, x-rays, and antibodies. Hawaii has not always been on the forefront of medical progress, but generally has been quick to adopt new treatments and technologies. He begins the article with these words. Mainland observers and even some island residents have sometimes assumed that Hawaii has been slow to adopt innovations originating elsewhere. Late 19th century writers, for example, often expressed surprise at finding Honolulu to be a modern metropolis with telephone service and electric lights. Hollywood films of the 1920s and 30s typically portrayed Hawaii as a backward land of thatched huts, plantation workers, and compliant sarong-clad Polynesian maidens. More recently, local economists have argued over the duration of time lags between national business cycles and their island echoes. And a 1994 congressional candidate peevishly blasted Hawaii voters for being out of step with mainland political trends. Such assumed laggardly tendencies have usually been attributed to geographic remoteness compounded by a lotus-eating Polynesian paralysis and cultural insularity. Given these stereotypes, medical historians might conceivably ask, have medical advances been similarly slow to reach the island practitioners? Just how long has the lag been in local acceptance of medical progress? Before we examine some of Mr. Smith's answers to these questions, let's take a minute to look at the term lotus-eating, which he uses along with the term Polynesian paralysis. In Greek mythology, the lotus-eaters were a race of people living on an island dominated by the lotus tree, although the exact type of tree or plant is not clear. Apparently, the fruit or flowers of the lotus tree contain a narcotic or drug which calls the lotus-eaters to relax or sleep and remain on the island. A lotus-eater has become a way to describe someone who spends their time indulging in pleasure or luxury rather than dealing with practical concerns, or someone who lives a comfortable and relaxed lifestyle and does not worry about anything. So a lotus eater may be someone experiencing Polynesian paralysis, as long as it's a natural experience and does not involve drugs or medicines, including CBD products, and as long as the person is awake. A person experiencing Polynesian paralysis is totally awake, but relaxed and enjoying the moment. Let's return to the article by Smith and his analysis of the medical treatments in Hawaii in 1995 as compared to the mainland hospitals. He looks at five specific medical areas which were vaccinations, anesthesia, antiseptic and aseptic surgery, x-rays, and antibiotics. His summary and conclusions to the article are as follows. The record is admittedly mixed. In vaccination against smallpox, Hawaii's physicians proved themselves not only slow but ineffective. Their best efforts could not prevent the catastrophic mortality recorded in the 1853 epidemic. Anesthesia, in contrast, reached Hawaii in a relatively short time, taking available transportation into account. Antiseptic and aseptic surgery 
and the germ theory of disease were long resisted by the American medical establishment, and the island physicians and surgeons were probably more progressive in this area than many of their mainland counterparts. X-ray technology, although demonstrated to island residents within eight months of Rentgen's announcement, was relatively slow to achieve widespread adoption. Penicillin, in contrast, was quickly accepted with Hawaii well ahead of many mainland areas as a result of both the island's military importance and HSPA's initiative. The advances traced here are but a limited sample of medical innovations over the years, and in any event, all those cited date back half a century or more. A fair accounting of Hawaii's response to progress, complete to the 1990s, would obviously require a full volume. Hawaii in past years has not always been in the forefront of medical progress, but it has hardly deserved the intimations of medical backwardness sometimes expressed by out-of-state commentators. One telling set of statistics, before 1950, expectation of life at birth was lower in Hawaii than on the mainland, but since 1950, it has exceeded the national average. In 1970, moreover, it has the highest of any of the 50 states. If Hawaii was lagging behind the mainland in medical care in 1995, it has surely made great progress in the following years. In a recent article in the U.S. News & World Report, Hawaii is listed as number one in both national overall health care and COVID-19 pandemic response. Hawaii residents continue to have the longest life expectancy of any state, partially due to the relaxed lifestyle and pleasant year-round weather. Things might move a little slower on these tropical islands in the middle of the Pacific, but it appears that that might improve your chances for a longer and healthier and happier life. Tourists to Hawaii can experience this relaxed lifestyle and also experience Polynesian paralysis and find themselves suddenly being still, relaxing, appreciating nature, and enjoying life in paradise. For more information about Polynesian Paralysis, please visit our website at rxaloha.com. In the next episode of the Polynesian Paralysis podcast, we head back to the mainland and the state of Florida as we review an article that appeared in the 1995 issue of Travel Holiday Magazine. Until then, please take a few minutes each day to be still, relax, appreciate nature, and enjoy life. Enjoy Polynesian Paralysis, the sensible approach to mindfulness. <laughs>